if I were to tour right now, what could I say? What would I do? I would use my platform to the best of my ability to talk about tolerance, to talk about systemic racism. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Low Season, a podcast about tour guides navigating a pandemic. I'm Wouter Bernhardt, a tour guide from Berlin, Germany. And for this episode, I spoke to Andrew Wong from San Francisco. Andrew is a self-proclaimed foodie and film producer and has been guiding in San Francisco for six years. He's currently teaching film at a nonprofit that's trying to bring more filmmakers of color and female filmmakers into the industry. As a tour guide, one of Andrew's biggest enjoyments is breaking down stereotypes. Having people leave saying, oh, I was right in some things and I learned a lot on top of that. And I had barriers broken down and maybe I'll be more open to whatever I experience on the rest of my trip to San Francisco. And we're going to get into all of that, but we first spoke about the protests in the United States and the Black Lives Matter movement. Here is Andrew Wong. Yeah, maybe uh, like b before we start um, talking about tour guiding and all that kind of stuff, I always um, ask people, um, of course, about the city that they live. Uh, currently, of course, we're not just in a pandemic. We're also in the middle of some, yeah, some historic change in terms of um, Black Lives Matter protests. Could you could you maybe give me your take on what's happening and how that is playing out in San Francisco right now? Like an, a, a nice light question for you to begin yeah. with, Andrew. <laughs> you know, you could have asked me what I ate for breakfast this morning. Or... <laughs> I don't know. But, Dive right in. Um, yeah, no, I, and I actually appreciate it. I, um, I was hoping to steer the conversation in this direction at some point anyway, because it is very integral to even uh, what our tour company talks about. Let me start out by saying how Black Lives Matter is playing out here in San Francisco and larger Bay Area. Um the general consensus out here was a lot of people, a majority of people have been pretty on board with Black Lives Matters. Um, the Bay Area has had its fair share of issues. Even recently here in San Francisco, we had an issue uh, with a police shooting, a kid named Mario Woods, and that was a big deal. However, uh, George Floyd is the biggest uh, protest, the biggest movement we've seen. I think that's attributed to a lot of things, including uh, Ahmaud Arbery was recent. Um, uh, Amy Cooper was recent. Uh, uh, on top of all of the other police-involved shootings, killings, not to mention the fact that this, the George Floyd killing was so particularly horrific, just tragic, um, inhumane and really emblematic of a lot of uh, history with uh, violence against black people from authorities, from white populations, from slave owners. It goes all the way back. So it makes a lot of sense that this finally just bubbled up to, at this point, two weeks long uh, protests, worldwide attention. And I'm very glad that we have this attention right now. I really hope it does result in substantive change because we need it. Um, I work in a company now uh, that we teach um, young students how to become filmmakers and we work out of the Bayview neighborhood of San Francisco. That's uh, 
one of our predominantly black neighborhoods. So a lot of the students I work with are kids of color. And we're telling them have a voice in a industry and in a country where historically people of color, brown and black kids have not had a voice. So I'm very glad to see that we're yelling, that we're screaming, that we're demanding change, that we're planning. I just really hope that we can continue this momentum and continue to stay safe throughout COVID. I, I, you, you just mentioned something um, saying like there's a bunch of reasons why this particular um, protests, um, yeah, sort of got rolling. And how has it sort of how does how does this feel different? How does this sort of play out different than uh, maybe previous protests? The previous protests always felt like like all of these every single protest I've ever seen regarding Black Lives Matter felt justified. It always felt justified. And it was a, a, an emotional moment that was a flash in the pan of hot, hot energy, uh, yelling, screaming, demanding change, and it falling upon deaf ears. Uh, obviously, Trump isn't going to pay attention to it. Obviously, the Republicans haven't made substantive change yet, but also even the Democrats and the representatives who we vote for, it seems like a lot of them also either addressed it and then left it alone without resulting in change. This one has actually led to change already with major, major um, symbolic gestures being made, including taking down Confederate statues, uh, introduction of of uh, legislation on the federal level, and also the Minneapolis uh, Police Department being dismantled and going to be rebuilt back up with either new members and, or uh, the same members, except the ones that de actually deserved to be in that police department. So that's some of the biggest differences I've seen between then and now. Is is tour guiding on your mind at this moment, or or how does how does guiding tours? Uh... Yeah, generally fit in into um, your profession or, or how how you live in San Francisco. So I am sorry to say that at this I've been a tour guide for six years, uh, but at this point now I'm no longer a tour guide. As soon as COVID hit, we shut down, and I've been very grateful that I've found another job actually in the film industry as an educator. That's always what I hoped for. Education's been my thing for a while now. So tour guiding fit right into that. That being said, I've only been, uh, uh, I only switched jobs like two months ago and tour guiding is still on my mind because I used to be part of a really small independent tour company. We were only five, six tour guides. At our peak, we were only eight tour guides. Um, if they need me, I'll go back and do a tour. What would I do? What would I say? If I were to tour right now, what could I say? What would I do? I would use my platform to the best of my ability to talk about tolerance, to talk about systemic racism. And we do that already, uh, or we did that already, because I give tours of San Francisco's downtown Chinatown and North Beach, uh, the Little Italy neighborhood. And as a Chinese American uh, growing up in California, born and raised, and then giving tours of Chinatown, a place where uh, some narrow-minded people would look at me and think, oh, that guy lives in Chinatown. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't even grow up here. But I can talk about it. And I can talk about some shared experiences, but even trying to break down those ideas that 
the experiences of Chinatown and the experience of Chinese immigrants now and my experiences as an American-born Chinese, those are all different and we need to be open to that. Just because we're all from the same ethnic background doesn't mean we all have the same experiences, but we do have some shared experiences. And also we as just humans have some shared experiences. So I try to shed light, here's some differences, here's some injustices, here's some laws we passed. Wouldn't you be upset if this happened to you and your ancestors? This is the the history of America. These are some of our original sins. And we right now still have to work in order to undo those systems, undo those issues and reprogram our thinking to be more open and tolerant. Well, who, who would who would be on your, your tours normally? Because I, I can imagine um, if they're Americans, they of course know a little bit about San Francisco or a little bit at least of the, the general history of the United States. So you might be able to go a bit more in depth. Whereas if you get people from Europe or from other places all over the world, uh, you, you might have to sort of, uh, yeah, go a bit wider and, and, and really explain to them, uh, yeah, sort of how this all came to be. Yeah, so our... Um, guests really range. Um, we have a free tour. So obviously that brings in a lot of Europeans, a lot of folks from around the world, South America and Asia as well. A lot of people already know about the gold rush or uh, the earthquake. So I, I do talk about that, not as in depth as maybe other guides might. We also talk about the issues surrounding those though. So we talk about um, uh, sex worker rights. We talk about the gay rights movement, uh, civil rights. Uh, we talk about the people's history and the people's movement. And we show them that, you know, the San Francisco you're seeing now full of uh, uh, espresso drinking MacBook toting scooter drivers, you know, which I admittedly do all of those as well. <laughs> That's what you see. But the attitude and the history that's embedded in the city, that's embedded in the people born and raised here. That's what I want to talk about too. So we try to paint a whole complete picture for people. This is what you see. This is what you feel. And by the end of it, you should be a combination of inspired, of confused, and more curious than ever. Tour tours uh, are different all over the world, obviously, because the places that we visit are different all over the world, because people have cliches and stereotypes in their heads. D do you feel that your job is, or yeah, do you see a role as a, as a tour guide more as an activist also in that sense, or, or an educator, or, or where is that balance? Yeah, definitely. I. I do consider myself an activist and I definitely consider myself an educator. Part of being an educator is confirming some of the stereotypes that are true. Um, stereotypes come from somewhere. Not all of them have good footing in reality, but they do come from somewhere. Let me talk to you about this. Um, and then I break some of those stereotypes and I go deeper and I talk about, well, why do we have these stereotypes? Why did you think of this? Some of the, uh, a lot of the Americans that come here, the folks from the other parts of the United States, they do exotify San Francisco. Uh, they talk about, oh, yeah, the flower children, you know, the hippies. Oh, the uh, gay people. A lot of Chinese people here. Ooh, a bunch of hipsters. And it's like, well, yes. And also, why the hippies? And also, 
why the gay rights movement here? And also why um, a large population of Chinese here? Let's talk about that. Let's let's get into it. It's rooted in this. It's it rose because of that. So that's my passion, getting into those deeper things and having people leave saying, oh, I was right in some things and I learned a lot on top of that. And I had barriers broken down and maybe I'll be more open to whatever I experience on the rest of my trip to San Francisco. How do you think, um, like, if if tours will come back, um, maybe in a month, a couple months, maybe only next year? How, how do you think this period um, will define the tours that you're giving to people? So, my theory right now is that it's going to be a reverse trend of what I saw going into COVID. Once we first heard about COVID here in the United States, it was like November. We were all kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's a China problem for right now. That's an over there problem. Uh, one of the United States' favorite uh, mindsets. Oh, that's a problem somewhere else. Um, then as it started to hit us, uh, San Francisco, we started getting very wary. I was still giving some tours. And I was uh, at first kind of lighthearted about it. Like, hey, everyone, let me address this. Uh, I have hand sanitizer uh, and we're just going to like, you know, keep doing our thing. Just, you know, we got to get rid of the handshakes and everything. And then as things got pr progressively worse and more serious, I started actually just not feeling comfortable doing the tours anymore. I was endangering guests. I was endangering myself. And the more I endanger myself, the more I endanger my own community. Uh, so I just wasn't happy anymore with that. Uh, San Francisco was the first city in the United States to do a, a shutdown, a shelter-in-place order. We did that six days before the governor of California issued it for the state. I'm very proud of that fact. Um, but as things start to ease, I'm gonna. I think we're gonna see businesses start to reopen, and I think the restaurants are gonna start getting busy again. Like well in the future, the business, the restaurants are gonna start getting busy again. But I, I'm worried that the tours still won't. I think people are gonna be very wary of traveling right now we're gonna if we're giving tours it's gonna be primarily for other californians it's gonna be for people from uh fresno or modesto or la or elsewhere who just decide i'm gonna take a vacation but because of covid because we still don't have a vaccine i'm just gonna go someplace different enough and in that case it'll be san francisco they might take a tour and instead of 20 people, it might just be five. What do you what is your immediate future look like? Like what are you, what are your focus on right now? And yeah, what keeps you busy? So right now I am uh, currently at the new job. Uh, I work for a company called Baycat. Um, it's a studio, a film studio and a uh, academy. So right now I'm focused on transitioning into my new position as a teacher for youth. Uh, we're actually going to start a remote session on Monday. So we're going to teach for four weeks and uh, we're going to empower young people of color and young female directors to come up in this industry that has not recognized them a lot. 12% uh, of the directors in Hollywood are people of color and 8% are women. So it, it's the next generation's job to help mend that disparity. Uh, disparity. 
So that's my immediate concern. Uh, education, luckily, still at the forefront. Uh, I'm always in contact with Wild SF and the founders, Wes and J. Joe. I'm keeping up to date. I do know for a fact uh, their next step as a tour company are creating virtual experiences, especially for teams in San Francisco. We really pride ourselves on educating these transplants that have come from other parts of the U.S. or the world to San Francisco to work in the tech industry. Uh, gentrification is really prevalent here. So educating those who came in, this is the city that you're a part of now. And whether or not you like it, you are going to be contributing to the community in some way. And our hope is that by teaching the history, by teaching the tools and understanding, then they can contribute very well to the community. So uh, they're creating team building, uh, virtual team builders, and hopefully they get off the ground very soon and start to spread around. So that way we're still having that activist educational impact on San Francisco, despite COVID. Well, Andrew, uh, it sounds like you're doing incredibly urgent and very necessary work, and you've got a lot in your plate coming up over the next uh, few months. Um, and uh, I wish you all the luck with that. Thank you, Walter, and thank you for bringing attention to our industry. That was Andrew Wong from San Francisco, everybody. I really appreciated his insights and views on what's happening in the States right now, specifically in San Francisco. I've put some links in the show notes relating to some of the cases Andrew mentioned in the beginning of the show, Maria Woods, Ahmet Aubrey, and Amy Cooper. I also enjoyed talking to Andrew about being an activist and an educator on his tours. When we go out there and take people on a tour of the city, we have about 10, 20, 30 people right there in front of us, listening to us talk for a fair few hours. That's quite a platform, especially when you count them all up over the years. I know there's plenty of guys out there that are of the opinion that we're just here to entertain, to make people feel good about their holidays. And well, we kind of need to make people feel good because it's immediately affecting our paycheck at the end of the day. These guides will tell you that there is no room, or in fact, it's absolutely not done to push your own political agenda on a tour. But I do wonder whether that's not just sticking our head into the sand a little bit, whether we don't have some sort of responsibility as ambassadors of our cities to talk about the difficult and maybe even the controversial topics as well. How to do that exactly? What issues are relevant to the places we guide and how to find the right balance between fun and educational, that's of course completely up to the guide and at the heart of our job as a guide. Now obviously I'm very curious to hear what you think about this topic, so let me know by sending an email to the lowseasonpodcast at gmail.com or you can join our discussion platform on Facebook called Real Talk. Andrew has his own film production company called Retold and when he does tours it's with the award-winning company wildsftours.com. You can find links to both of them in the show notes. On Wednesday, we're back with Francesca Caruso from Rome. And you know, it's interesting, last year at this time, we were all bitterly complaining about over-tourism and how, you know, how can we handle the crowds and over 7 million visitors at the Colosseum? This can't go on, we have to rethink this. And then here we are with absolutely nothing and nobody. The Low Season is produced by me, Wouter Bernhardt. Music is by Mark Schilders. Artwork by Christopher White. Georgia Riungu is keeping this podcasting fire lit. Speak soon, my friends.
you know, the San Francisco you're seeing now full of uh, uh, espresso drinking MacBook toting scooter drivers, you know, which I admittedly do all of those as well. 